Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast, featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Now, here's Danny and Will. All right, people, we got a good episode for you today. We got Jesse Morris, MD, joining us. We're going to talk about the Fernando Tatis Jr. news with his shoulder. It is non-throwing shoulder, which is good news for Padre fans. And supposedly, it is a partial tear of the labrum. We'll see if that actually is good news. Talking to Jesse next. And we'll talk more injuries about Eloy Jimenez, Kirby Gates, Trevor Rosenthal, also that news coming down. So Will Middlebrooks, Danny Vietti, Jesse Morris coming up next. We're joined now by Dr. Jesse Morse, MD, sports medicine and regenerative medicine at the, I'm going to mess this up because I'm not a medical guy, at the Osteopathic Center? Osteopathic Center, yep. Oh, my fiance is a nurse. Reading's hard, Danny. I get it, man. My fiance is a nurse. I'm going to get beat tonight for sure. (laughs) Uh, but thank you for joining us. There's been a lot of news, obviously, going around Major League Baseball. Uh, it's not that funny. It's really not that funny. Uh, going around Major League Baseball with Fernando Tatis Jr. going down, of course. Eloy Jimenez before the season went down with his pectoral. And then the news of Trevor Rosenthal, of course, he's getting a second opinion for thoracic outlet syndrome. I want to start with FTJ, of course, over there on the West Coast. Him going down, obviously, makes a huge Im- impact on Major League Baseball. What's the impact on Fernando Tatis Jr. himself? What should fans look for his shoulder issue and when timetable-wise, recovery-wise? So this is a little bit of a controversial injury. Initially, when he did it, it looked like he was grabbing his arm kind of like this, but that's almost a, 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 a red herring in that it was actually his shoulder. He was just trying to be comfortable and essentially what he did was he had been dealing with uh, a very loose shoulder that were even in spring training reportedly it had popped out a couple of weeks ago. We don't hear about some of these things, but, and, and, it, and it calmed down, but essentially uh, the, the shoulder is a ball and socket. So if the labrum, which is the, the cartilage part that holds the ball in the socket, if it's too loose at a powerful swing, you can pop that ball out of the socket. Now, if you, if you tear it, you tear the labrum, then it's a lot easier. So that's essentially what he did. The force of the swing was enough to tear the labrum, usually towards the front, which then causes the ball, the, the arm to pop out of your socket. The problem is the labrum doesn't tear. It doesn't heal. It, it, it just continues to tear slowly. So the MRI said slight tear. I don't know if I believe it, but um, no fracture, which sometimes can happen, and no rotator cuff injury, which is kind of the rest of it. So my suspicion is they're going to get a second opinion. They might go to either HSS, uh, which is in New York, or uh, the Curl and Job group out in LA, which are both big, you know, uh, big name ortho practices, and just reevaluate him. He's owed a lot of money. He's still really young. And this, if they don't treat it right, could potentially derail his career because that labrum is only going to get worse. He could have uh, worsening of, of other injuries within the shoulder. This is essentially what happened to 
uh, Conforto a couple of years ago, if you remember that. Uh, and, 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 and unfortunately, you, you know, you can put a steroid shot in there. That's not really going to do anything for structurally. It may calm down some of the swelling, but you have to restabilize that shoulder to prevent it from popping out again. And if you don't do that, the next swing, the next fluky play, whatever it is, going to pop out again. And every time you're going to potentially tear that labor more and more. So realistically, he needs surgery. It's just a matter of when. Do they wait until mid-season? Do they wait until he really tears it? It's it's slippery slope. There's no easy yeah. solution here. It seems like, you know, and obviously I'm not AJ Preller, so I'm not going to speak for him, but it almost seems like, hey, this is our, our you are young. We, we have you for a long time. This is going to be a really good chance for us to win this year. Do you think you can just kind of deal with it? But now I'm thinking if it's reoccurring, which I've played with teammates, which is reoccurring when they have this issue because they're not able to fully tighten everything back up in there. Um, does it affect his stats, affect his mental game? Now he's dealing with the media. It's a snowball effect that could be avoided if they could just get it fixed. And do you think this is like maybe like a hypermobile type thing? Like he's just a super stretchy, you know, elastic type guy, or do you think it came from an injury? A combination of both. He probably is a little bit more mobile and then he somehow tweaked it. So the data shows if you dislocate your shoulder before the age of 18, uh, there's about a 90% chance of dislocating it again. But as you get older, it gets less and less. My suspicion is he probably dislocated it, um, subluxed it at some point in the past. The, they, they calmed it down with PT, re-strengthened it. But unfortunately, given the, the violent nature of his swinging and just what he does, it's just going to continue to loosen until something like this unfortunately happens. So it's just it's unfortunate because he's such a, an awesome player to watch. And now you don't know. If you do watch him, is he going to be mentally afraid of swinging hard? Is he going to play the same way he's going to play? Is it going to pop out? And then you just like, you know, so it's like, it's unfortunate. We we can't, sorry, Danny, there's one more thing. Like we almost lost, I mean, we still might lose Tatis for the whole season. We don't really know yet. Did you see the Otani play at home plate? That was so close. If that cleat catches or gets trapped under a Brayu, he ends up like my leg. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep, it was exactly. so close bro that would have been a very similar injury in action to what happened to my ankle and my leg yeah I, I almost threw up watching it because i was like that was so close after the crazy game that he's had i mean between throwing as hard as he throws and then hitting as hard as you're like <sighs> and, and i mean he literally if he was planted oh there could have been a lot of that i mean Abreu is a big boy he is, like, he's that's not exactly he's a small right? guy yeah that's crazy. So uh, we're lucky. Very we're lucky, lucky that he. I think he pinched it yesterday or today. Uh, he paid hit. I think he hit a one. Or he had two knocks today. Him. But either way, he got lucky with Otani. With that, you know, um, you know, they don't always work out that way. Obviously, unfortunately. No. Well, don't. with FTJ, I think the biggest question, and I don't know if you have the answer, if anybody has the answer, can he play with this injury to the best of his ability? And secondly, should he play? Uh, if he was my patient, and I see a lot of pros, usually NFL guys, and I would tell them, it depends on what you're trying to do. You as a very high level athlete in your early 20s with hopefully a long career ahead of you, 
it's probably in your best interest to get this fixed because it's only going to slowly get worse. And what happens if you fully tear a rotator cuff? What happens if you, you happen to get what we call a bank heart lesion, which is, uh, or a bony bank heart, where you basically fracture off a piece of the bone as it comes out of the socket. You know, every time, I mean, you can only strengthen up this shoulder so much with a labral tear. I specialize in regenerative medicine, which is basically injecting stem cells and that type of stuff. But with the amount of force that these guys use, I wouldn't even recommend surgery for him. But, you know, it's, it's a tough decision. There's no easy decision here. I know the team wants to win, but this should be, you should be thinking about, you know, potentially how much money and all you owe him, but also how much uh, the future, this could be, this should be your franchise player. I understand, you know, you're, you're going to lose him potentially for the whole year because that's basically what it would be. But what if you tear up his shoulder so much that you lose him for four or five years or he's never the same player? Like, that's the tr that's what they need to talk with the second or third surgeon about. Just to be clear, labor surgery would be about nine to 12 month recovery. Is that correct? Best case scenario, six months. Uh, four months is, is not realistic for this type of injury, this type of player. Six months is, is, is realistic up to nine months, uh, depending on the severity can be 12 months. I mean, just, you know, yeah, I've had labrum. I had tons of labrum issues. Uh, you know, I just had two like scope clean outs, but I also had a ton of shots cortisone. I had stem cell done and stem cell actually didn't do a whole lot for me. I think yeah. it was to the point, this was after years and years of it. Mm -hmm. It was just just broken down and nasty at that point so yeah. later, that later. was 10 years after my first tear that i got stem cell so yeah i mean later. there you go like do it if i wish i had done this stuff early but stem cell wasn't really no nope. 2007 wasn't really nope. that big of a it deal wasn't, it, it prp was just coming out you know past 10 years and really past five years it's really taken a turn but for labrums we've got some data but it's not it's There's not enough blood supply in there, right? No, it's 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 a it's a combination between blood supply and just the sheer force of what you're asking your body to do, right? You know, uh, over and over and over again, uh, you know, with the amount of power, with the amount of swings, and, and 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 you can only tighten up that joint so much without it popping out again, because that's essentially what the labrum is supposed to do. And you know, it, it, think of the labrum as a clock. So say right now, maybe the clock is only torn from three to four. Well, what if he goes back and he tears it from three to six or, 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 or 12 to six, you know, that's, you know, that's a, a bigger injury, you know? So it's just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. What, what about, tell us a little bit more about Trevor Rosenthal and what he's dealing with. We've heard this for years. This has been a recurring injury, especially with pitchers, thoracic outlet syndrome. What exactly does it mean uh, medically and anatomically? Because fans hear it, and we know it's some type of arm issue, but what does it actually mean medically? This is not something you want to hear for anybody. <laughs> so thoracic outlet syndrome essentially usually correlates with an injury in the upper shoulder area where either a nerve or a blood vessel gets pinched underneath the rib or underneath muscles and causes the nerve to uh, to not really be able to fire appropriately, so you're not feeling the pitch. You know, you're not feeling the ball like you want to. So if you're you're trying to throw it like this, but you can't get the grip on it. So the first name that comes to mind is Matt Harvey. Yeah. Um. And and, and we saw him actually pitch against the Red Sox today and looked pretty good. But 
I felt like he, his career got derailed because of that injury. He was never the same pitcher that he should have been, or at least we hoped he had been because of that. Um, so there's a couple ways to address it. It really depends on what the cause is, the severity of it. If, 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 if you know, if there's a blood vessel or a, a nerve in between stuff in between two uh, muscles, or if it's underneath the first rib, which is basically right here. They go in um, and take out can, a piece of that rib, don't they? Yeah. Sometimes okay. they can notch out a piece of the rib. It's, it's weird. Um, it's, it's just, it's a weird, it, it usually doesn't happen like in normal people. It's just like a, it's like a baseball injury basically because they're repetitive over and over and over again. And, and it just, the muscles on that side of the tendency to get larger. And basically it's a, it's a space between the, the nerve or blood vessel and or blood vessel gets compressed in between the bone on top and the muscle underneath or just depending on how it's structured, you know, how, how, how it's affecting that person. Scary. Uh, let's um. I actually we want to ask about Eloy as well. I mean, I got another one too. I I'm picking your brain right now, and I'm enjoying every second of it. But go ahead, directly <laughs> about yeah, this. yeah, Eloy. I mean, torn peck. I mean, you don't really see this much in baseball. This is no, more of a football no, no, injury, a football <laughs> or like world's strongest man. <laughs> yeah. This is a football injury. This is a a a, a bench press doing way too heavy bench press or a barbell falls off, like the weight falls off the barbell bench press. So the only reason this happened was because he, his arm was over the fence and that was the great limiting factor. He was basically trying to, so the fence was here and he was holding himself up and the pet actually inserts onto the arm up here. So that was essentially the thing that gave way. Initially, I thought it was a, a, a shoulder dislocation because you could see his, his scapula, his shoulder blade popped backwards, but that's because the peck, and that was what was, oh. you know, that peck is really strong. I mean, that's very hard to do. And this is a big boy. So I'm like, yeah, that's best case scenario, five months, probably closer to six, which basically puts him at the end of the season. So that's like a full rupture then. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, so they had to go I in and like fully connect that back to his arm. His bruising, I bet you got bruising like everywhere. Oh, yeah. How yeah. hard is it? How hard is it to throw a baseball after that? Muscles there. There's is that his left arm or right arm? Sorry. No, no. How hard is it to how hard is it to throw a baseball after something like that? You can once you tighten it up, they're they're, they're good. Um, the, it's just you have to you have to basically put it back together. Mm -hmm. um it's his late i want to say it's his lead arm and his i don't think it's, it's his, his left arm. arm isn't it yeah it's his, i want to say it's his left arm i'm trying to remember the image yeah uh so i think he's righty on both yeah, sides it's going to be more like the hitting like the finish lead, of his yeah, swing his yeah you know it's going to be getting that mobility back that's going to be tough and he's going to have some scar tissue in there inevitably eventually um but uh, fluky injury definitely a fluky injury. i don't know if i've ever heard of that in baseball you know, like like the offensive line that are going like this all the time. That's like that's what you see there. You don't you don't see it in baseball. No. I have one more before we let you go because yeah. I can keep you here all night. Kirby Yates, obviously as physical, there were concerns reportedly reportedly about him possibly having deeper arm issues. What are these physicals when people are in free agency and these physicals that these players take? How in depth are the physicals and should teams take more caution when it comes to these physicals? Because Kirby Yates signs a one year deal with Toronto. Now he's not even going to pitch for him at all. So I actually have very in-depth knowledge in general of physicals. Mm -hmm. uh, my 
from my fellowship, I actually covered the Blue Jays and the Phillies. That's how I know about Bill's ankle. Uh, and uh, my my fellowship boss, who I met two weeks ago, is the uh, team doc of the Blue Jays. So I don't know if I have any details because we don't talk about that. But here's the gist of it. Every team's a little different. Usually around February 14th-ish, every year's a little different. They bring in pitchers and catchers first. And then some of the big name guys usually come a little earlier if they want to. Um, they do full physicals. Um, they do physical therapists will come in and do full range of motion. They're measuring every team's a little different. So they all do it, have a different level of, of crazy. Um, they'll do, we do EKGs. They, some of them even do echoes, ultrasounds of the heart. Um, they'll do strength testing, grip testing, measurement. Like they do everything. But you really don't get imaging unless you have a concern. You know, it's like uh, everybody is going to have something. It just depends on how bad it is and what does it affect them. So, I mean, if there were some red flags or he had pain, then you send him Grenadine. But if he didn't have it, you, I mean, most of these guys would probably be tossing a little bit, but really haven't ramped up. Once they ramp up, that's when you start to see the writing in the wall. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is this was great. I, I really, really enjoyed this. We talk about baseball all the time. We don't really talk about the medical side of it. So, you know, we, we can't thank well, you enough, Jesse. Dr. Jesse Morris joining us on the Wake and Rake. So if you guys are interested, I actually do a daily injury report that mm -hmm. is like a Google sheet, basically, um, on the fantasydoctors.com. It's like on the top right hand corner. You just click it and it will pull up. And I try to do it every day. Sometimes it's hard to paint all the sports. But that will kind of keep you updated, and I actually write that, so it's my my words. So that will see you'll see kind of an idea of expectations and stuff because the list gets crazy. I mean, it gets ridiculous, uh, and there's a lot of moving parts. This guy sprained his knee. This guy got hit in the face with a pitch. Like, I mean, you know, J.D. Davis just got hit in the fifth and he break his hand. Like, there's so many questions. So I that's one of the things that I do. And then a big name injury, I usually try to cover it with video. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, if we're lucky enough, we'd love to have you back. I know yeah. there will be unfortunately more injuries probably to big names. And I'm glad we have somebody we can lean on that knows what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> I'm happy to help. First of all, we need to bring Jesse back on here a whole lot more. Cause that was incredibly informative. Awesome. I've never felt so uneducated before <laughs> in my entire life but here we are and let me ask you this because you know the perspective of the player you've been through a free agency process you've had injuries yeah. what my biggest takeaway was was when i asked him about kirby yates and he said he talked about the physical what exactly did they check he said if they find something concerning they send them to imaging yeah it doesn't sound like they sent Kirby Yates to imaging, or if they did, they didn't see anything in that imaging. That exactly. Was so he, so team, let me ask you this. Sorry, before he, I cut you off, but are teams not being diligent enough in their physicals or are these players be trying to hide some injuries because they want to get a contract? Neither, neither. I think, um, well, he, we know he missed all last year because his elbow was hurting. He had a sore elbow. He had a strain. Um, there's plenty of imaging done, I guarantee. And there was no tear or sign of it going to tear. Um, you can't really predict those things unless there's a small tear in which we would know about. Um, I don't think there's any shady activity here. I think the team 
did a thorough physical and they're not going to spend that money for nothing. Number one, that that doesn't happen. Right. Um, So I guarantee that he went through the physical, all his strength tests, all that was fine because he he's been rehabbing it since the beginning of last year. So he's probably really strong and felt good. He probably hadn't ramped ramped up his throwing to that point. So he was, he was probably just getting back into throwing because of all the rehab. Um, they probably, I mean, I guarantee they did imaging. I'm guaranteed they did an MRI to check out all the ligaments, make sure everything looked good before that signing. You don't sign someone in free agency after they've been hurt all year and not go that deep into it. That's so, why I'm so confused. So what I'm saying, I think he hurt himself when he started throwing. I think that's realistic. It, it happens. I mean, they clearly had an issue. Did he change his mechanics? Is he compensating for pain? Maybe. And over time, maybe that's why he tore it. I don't, I don't know the recipe, but I don't think it was because number one, a player can't lie about that and get away with it. And number two, the team is definitely doing imaging and, and digging as deep as they can to find out before they write that check. That's insightful. Cause as a fan seeing Kirby Yates going down after having an arm injury, Sucks. it's a yeah. little like, um, did you guys not do your job on the medical aspect of this? Yeah. Like how would you sign a guy? I hear you, man. So that's a, uh... That's helpful. It looks bad, but I guarantee, I mean, these teams are very thorough in which they do physicals, and especially with guys who have a, a history of being hurt. FTJ. Yeah. What's that going to do to this Padre season? I mean, are they still contenders? If Absolutely, I mean, I mean, they are. Jesse just said he needs surgery. He does. He does. And I hope they do the right thing. And, and I'm hoping AJ Preller isn't taking advantage of him because he's on a long contract he's young and thinking we're going to get whatever we can get out of him this year even if it's lower average lower power um if this happens again um just because we want to get whatever we can out of him so we can win more games this year Uh, i don't think that would be a a responsible decision same time i'm not a doctor i'm not a gm so i obviously can't make the call on that or if they're right or wrong what would you do um would you play as a player, especially at that age, of course you want to play. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to be told, hey, you, you have a choice here. <laughs> you can get surgery and be out four to six months, probably miss the rest of the year, maybe get back in time for the postseason if we make it. Um, no player wants to hear that, especially your star player, um, especially a guy like Tatis who wants to be on the field every day. Um, but older me, looking back, would definitely say fix it now. And obviously I was never in his shoes where I was going to be on a contract that long, but fix it now. And then you don't have to deal with this anymore. It's going to reoccur. It's going to get worse. Just like Jesse just told us, your stats are going to probably suffer with it. You're going to have to deal with the media and the whole baseball world because you sign for all this money. It's a huge snowball effect that I feel like the Padres need to avoid. It's uh, for, the same, for, for his mental, the mental side of the game for him, and then physically going forward for the rest of his career. Pushing off the surgery would be delaying the inevitable, essentially. That, that's what I initially thought, and Jesse confirmed it. And you don't want to ask a player like that, you invest that much money in. They're already asking a lot of a 22-year-old kid. Of course. They're asking but, him to be their leader on the team. And now if he doesn't have the surgery, now you're going to ask him to play at 75%, maybe. If, if that, lucky. 
Yeah. I mean, the good thing is for the Padres as a team, without him, let's say he gets surgery and uh, misses the season. Mm -hmm. They're still the second best team in the NL West. They're still a wild card team. They still have really good pitching. They still have a couple Cy Young candidates on their team. Three if Lamette's healthy and and on his game. Um, Their lineup is deep, dude. Like Tommy Pham, Hosmer. Hosmer's NL player of the week. He had a cool 538 the first week of the season. It's a joke, man. Like the Will Myers. I mean, like, they, they, yeah, like they have guys to fill in. Hassan Kim, they got from Korea. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I think I did. Yeah. Ha Seong. Ha Seong Kim. Yeah. Ha Kim. That was pretty good. That's a, that's a good um, Jerickson Profar, who's my he's a Swiss Army knife. You could plug him anywhere, but he's also a really serviceable serviceable shortstop as well. Play with him in Texas, play with him in triple A with Texas and in the big leagues. Good infielder, good outfielder. Just switch hitter. So that helps you build your lineup around that too. So they're going to be fine. And they have pitching. Pitching is where you win games. Yeah, they're hurting. I mean, across the diamond, Austin Nola, their starting catcher, he's out. Trent Grissom. He's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah. But then Nelson Lamette, he threw one inning in spring training. It's I think he'll yeah. be back. I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked at his progression, but I agree. Okay. Still so look, you got to look at the way the division is built and who they're going to play a majority of their games against. They're also going to be going to be playing against the AL West, so they're going to play the Rangers. They're going to play the Mariners. So there, there will be some games in there to help them get through this. And, and their division's weak. The Giants aren't great. They're competitive, mm-hmm. but um, they're still a better team than them. Okay, um, and go ahead. I apologize. We've been cutting each other off. No, you don't. You don't apologize. All day today. Um, hold on. I just bumped my light. I got a light, by the way. Let me ask you this. Staying on the FTJ conversation. Mm-hmm. I got asked this. I went on the San Diego radio station today, and they asked me the same question. I didn't quite know how to answer. Was it premature to hand a 22-year-old kid who hasn't played 162 games a 14-year contract, $340 million, was it premature to give him that when he has had injury issues before? His rookie nope. season, he had back issues. Nope. No. I stand by it. I, I think he's still going to end up being one of the best players in the game. Um, this is just like some – they got to get, get past. I think when he's healthy, which he will be, he's still young. He had a rough patch. He's, this has been bothering him for a bit now. That's another reason you should just fix it and put it in the rearview mirror. Um, no, he's still one of the most exciting electric players in baseball. It's easy to look now and be like, Oh, he's hurt. Why'd you pay him? Mm-hmm. But let's say, let's say he didn't get hurt and he hits 340 with 35 and 110 this year. And then they're like, Shit, now we got to pay him 400 million. So I think they made the right play. I think it, everything about him projects out to be one of the best players in the game, one of the faces of baseball. So I think they made the right play. It's He's still young. It's very early in this career. He's going to have so many years. We're not even close to his prime. All right? We have so much time for him. He could sit out the next three years, come back, and still be good for the rest of that. Yeah. That's how long it is, and that's how good he will be. He's young. He's still growing into his body. He's going to figure this out. He's going to figure out what program works for his body. 
he's not even to that point in his career yet where you go, oh, this is what works for me. This doesn't work for me. He's still figuring that out. Most kids are still in the minor leagues at his age mm-hmm. or in college. And a 14-year contract, you're bound to have a season ender at some point. Might as well have it early. Get out of the way, but like fix it now instead of let him grind through having a crappy season because he hurts. And then he has the miss next year because you decide in the off season to fix it. Would you move him over to second base? This, this no. My head. Are you drunk? He had five errors opening weekend. Shut up. Who cares? It's just a question. I'm not saying I would put him to second base. When I say shut up, I mean with all due respect, but shut up. You don't ever move him to second base. You let him play shortstop as long as he can. He had a bad stretch. But no, 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 no. I'm not saying switch positions because he isn't physically capable. Well, I am saying that. With this injury, is he physically capable of manning shortstop? That's yes. what I'm saying. Well, it's not his throwing arm. <laughs> not his throwing arm, which is huge. So you don't need to move him closer to first base. It's he clanked some right. balls. He he clanked a couple balls, two of them. They were in a shift, and he's playing in on the grass, and a lefty smoked two balls at him. Those are tough. Those are tough at slicing from you, and you're way closer than you're accustomed to being. I played in that position because when we shifted, our shortstop moved over, and mm-hmm. I stayed at shortstop on the grass in case a lefty bunted, and then two strikes, I would move back. They're leaving their shortstop there because as their athlete, they want them at shortstop. Mm-hmm. I guess they're saying I was an athlete. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, two of those were smoked, tough errors. I rewatched those. And the third one that there were two that were real errors. The two where he was in close on the grass, but the lefty smoked at him when they were shifted. Those are tough balls. The ball didn't even get to the dirt. It's it snakes on the grass. I'm making excuses for him, but these are real excuses. The the other one was when they went to turn a double play and he should have put it in his pocket and he spiked the ball to first and the pitcher didn't scoop it because he's a pitcher, not a first baseman. Eric Cosmer catches that ball, but he's not there covering. Um, and then that runner didn't even go to second, but there's a runner on third. He's he moved up on the on the on the on the ball past the pitcher. The bad throw. That's why the error came in play. So. Three of those, I feel like those two to short, if he's playing in normal depth, that those are outs. I have nightmares already. I could already move on the second base. It was a question. You chill. I got nightmares. I got nightmares already. Of you being drunk. This is liquid gold. All right. Weller Special Reserve. This is one of my favorite whiskeys. Weller. So there's a story behind this. Weller is made at Buffalo Trace Distillery. The story behind Weller, have you heard of Pappy Van Winkle? It is a very, very expensive old whiskey. Well, then that's why I haven't heard of it. Also, also made by, also made by Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is their highest whiskey they make, most expensive. You are rich and you are old, so you have heard of it. I'm definitely not rich and I'm definitely not old. I'll (laughs) kick your ass right now. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care if you're six six. So you're you're killing my whiskey story right now. By the way, just straight Buzz Killington. Um, so Weller, back to the story. Supposedly, Pappy only wanted they only wanted to sell X amount of bottles of Pappy, so the price could stay high and it would still be rare. So they took the extra barrels of Pappy and made Weller with it. So really, this is the good shit. um supposedly now i've had pappy i have an empty bottle up there because why would you have a full bottle of it if it's that good enjoy it right 
Who needs a full breakdown? You could just say, this is the good shit. That's all you need to know. So that's just a cool story that, well, that's way cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. The price is going up on it now because people are starting to, you know, get the secret. But, and I just told all of our 150 Twitter followers, <laughs> hey, in a Bro. week, hey, in a week, we're growing. Growing. Stay. Started from the bottom. Now we still here. So, I, like I said, this is one of my favorites. So I'm going to rank it. This is definitely in the nines. Definitely. I'll go with nine five on my Weller. They make one. Oh, I'll go nine two on Weller Special Reserve. They make a they make a Weller 12 year that is a little bit better in my eyes. It's just really hard to find it. It's super rare right now. That's a nine five right there. Okay. Pardon my alcohol naivety. I'm still young. I'm still testing the waters here, except it's not water. It's only been legal for like what, three years? Four. I'm 20. Oh, yeah. Three years. I'm 24. Yeah. Jesus, dude. Um, what what is this age really make that big of a difference when it comes to I don't know why I mean fine you call wines. Old all the time. You, that's I'm going straight to the source here. All right, good get your point. <laughs> oh, by the way, I almost wore this tonight for the pod, but I thought it was a little far. Awesome. Those jerseys were sweet too. Isn't that, that Sunday jersey? I loved it. With the camo in it? Mm-hmm. Had to knock the dust off that thing. Otters had the best uniforms in baseball. I love the camo. I got the other one right here. Yeah. Their camo is a little different now, but remember when they had the blue camo, the navy blue camo? I didn't like that. I love that they went brown and yellow. Oh, they, it's, it's sick. It's old school. Man. It's like their old, old school stuff. Yeah. Reminds me of Tony Gwynn. What were you going to ask me about alcohol? What does age make that big of a difference? It does. It, it does like taste fine different. Fine wines and whiskeys and bourbon. Yeah. Really you can tell a difference. Is that right? It's m- much smoother. Uh, for bourbons, it tends to be sweeter, stronger. Older you get, the stronger you need. Trust me, I had two kids, man. I want it as strong as I can get. <laughs> and I got to deal with you multiple times a week now. <laughs> I'm making you into a better man. Hey, I, I didn't. I didn't. Th- I have two daughters. I didn't know I was gonna have a son, and here you are. <laughs> hey, we'll talk more baseball later this week. We got plenty of wake and rake for everybody. Special thanks hey, to you. Who Jeff. knows what's gonna happen next? This has been a crazy first week of baseball. It's been a dark episode. I, I let's let, do less injury episodes. Let's hope for less injury episodes. Hey, Nate, or uh, what's his name? Low. Yeah, nine. Is it Nate? Nate Low. Nate Lau, yeah, Nate Low. No, it's Low. Brandon Lau is what you're thinking. Nate Low is. They were both with the Rays. Well, one of them still is. Your brother? He has 14 ribbies already. Your brothers? No. Yes. Yes. Man. Stop it. If you don't get that, okay. record, we can't be friends. Okay. All right. Yes, 14 Anyways, ribbies. yes, more baseball coming soon. We'll see you guys soon. Yeah, yeah.